Hey there, judges. Thanks so much for listening and all of your support. This episode is going to be a two-parter. It was just so much fun that we chatted away for hours. We'll get the second part to you as soon as possible. Hello and welcome to the Judgment Edit, a Lucy Loves production. I'm your host, Lucy Tan, and today our fellow judgment maker is Demelza Leonard. You might already know Demelza from her segment, Talking Music, on TV show The Couch, but she's also at the top of her field as a social media expert. Welcome, Demelza. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. We're really excited to have you. I think you'll have some really unique opinions, which is exciting. (laughs) And even though it's... (laughs) a morning segment so we have coffee instead of wine this time and it's um miserable outside I think we're gonna have some fun today definitely definitely okay so to start off with if we can get you to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit a little bit of background information so we kind of know where your judgments are coming from all right so I as you you mentioned I'm a music presenter Uh, I also deal with pop culture um and you know, give my opinions and and thoughts on what's going on in in the world in relation to that quite regularly. Uh, Also, as you said, I run a social media and marketing uh, agency and just basically I'm a wife of a DJ, I'm a mum, I have, you know, done some very incredible things behind the scenes on festivals and um concerts and and uh yeah so there's been a a few things that that I've done I've been a music journalist in the past I've been I've worked in shopping centers so yeah I've I've kind of got you've had a few iterations yeah yeah yeah. you're a little bit like me kind of almost after every five to seven years like let's let's change things up let's do something So this is from someone called Achieve Mental and they said, am I the arsehole for my response after my brother-in-law told me that I'm 35 and still don't know what I want? She says, so I'm the eldest of four siblings. I'm 35 female and all of my other siblings are married and have kids. I'm not married. I've had three long-term relationships that all ended badly. I have no kids. It's been six years since I've dated. My family keep pressuring me to look for my future husband and start a family because I'm too old to wait any longer. It's hard to do that with all the trauma and hurt that I carry. They say they just want what's best for me and are worried I might end up an old lady with only a cat living with me. I do feel alone sometimes, but I like it that way. At least I no longer deal with lies, trust issues and mistreatments from my exes. My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, keeps commenting on my status whenever I visit, talking about how I need to find my better half and have kids. Usually I respond by ignoring him, but he kept throwing more comments publicly. Now, from what my sister tells us, he sleeps around all day, is unemployed, doesn't help with childcare nor responsibilities, but also likes to call the shots in every decision that's made in the house. They say that's how he is, so... Last night, we all got together for dinner and my brother-in-law brought up my personal life by asking a stream of questions about my plans. I tried to ignore him, but he said that I'm 35, single, childless, and don't even date at the moment. I looked at him in shock as he went on to say that I clearly am confused and don't know what I want in life. The family looked at me and it made me pissed. In response, I told him that yes, I clearly don't know what I want, but I do know what you want, what you really, really want, and that is child-level responsibility and king-level authority in your family. 
I then told him that I'd rather spend the rest of my day single than be stuck with someone like him. He went completely silent and said that what I said was enough for him to abandon the dinner table. My sister stayed quiet and dinner turned awkward. I left later, then my mum and my sister called me saying that it wasn't right that I insulted my brother-in-law like that. And when I explained what he said to me, they told me he was just trying to encourage me to have normal lives like the rest of them. They said it was rude and hurtful, and what I said, I have to apologise to him in person. I might have gone over the top, but I refuse to apologise, at least till I see if I'm wrong with my response. So, am I the arsehole? No! (laughs) No, not at all. And do you know what? I am so sick and tired of people and family members and friends projecting their own ideal life onto other people. If she's happy, why is that such an issue? And you know what? She's entitled to have her opinion because everyone else seems to be having an opinion about her. Exactly. I feel like people go out of their way to find something to be offended by at the moment. And he's decided that he finds the way she's living her life offensive and unacceptable. And what has it got to do with him? But I think also look at the situation. If he's doing what this sister has told her in terms of he's not pulling his weight, he's flexing left, right and centre and wants Throwing to his be, weight around. Exactly, just wants to be the kingpin. Well, that to me is you're the one with the issue. Why are you fixating on her and the sister-in-law? Do you not have anything better to do with your life? It's, it's well, like, he clearly doesn't. He doesn't have a job no, to take no, up his clearly, time. He's clearly. not looking after children. He's not doing anything around the house. No, this is all he's got to worry about in his life. It's like keyboard warrior syndrome. Like you've got nothing better to do, so you're going to give your two cents on Facebook and say, I don't like this or I don't like that. But it's like what else are you doing? You're bored. But, I mean, no wonder he thinks having being married and having kids is so wonderful and everyone should do it i don't know his wife would have the same opinion it's fantastic for him he doesn't have to do anything absolutely not even work a normal job like well no wonder you think everyone (laughs) should be doing that (laughs) exactly exactly you've got your cushy little little life here and everyone else dotes around you but no i do not think she is the asshole i think good on her for finally speaking her truth and if her family can't see that then maybe she spend some time apart from that Yeah, I feel like sometimes people really drill down on, but what she said was mean. And I think almost sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter. Even if what she said, if you take just the words, were asshole words, sometimes that needs to happen and it doesn't make you an asshole for doing it. Well, you can also look at it in a way that sometimes the truth hurts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree with you on that. And also... Regardless of that, bringing this up at family dinners is really inappropriate. Yeah. It really shows that it's not coming from a place of genuine concern for her. It's just 
it's almost comes from a place of I'm a big bully. Yeah. Let's see how much I can drill down on you in a public forum. I think also we should be focusing more on people and their happiness rather than their status and what what you think will make them happy. If they're happy and they're okay in their situation, that, especially in this day and age with mental health, that should be more of a concern than this is how you should be. And I also get that, that a lot of families have this generational trauma. A lot of families have grown up, you know, I have an Anglo-Indian background. So it's, you know, for a very long time and even now there's this idea and I know a lot of other um, ethnic families go through the same thing of what would people think? Who cares what people think? Yeah. You know, as long as I am happy in this moment, it might not be normal for you and it might not be normal for what society is, but I'm happy. I'd much rather live a life of I'm happy than try and fit into a mould that you're projecting onto me. It's funny. I was just about to say in the day and age where we are, maybe we should stop thinking who cares what people think and focus on maybe people not thinking so much about that. And then remember that I am on a podcast called The Judgment Edit and I'm doing exactly that. But I do it to strangers who put their things out on the internet and asked me for a judgment or who sent in stories and asked me for a judgment. So it's different. I'm fine. Yes. But everyone else should stop worrying yes. about what other people are doing exactly. unless they ask you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. I think that one is done and dusted. It's very clear. She is not the arsehole. <laughs> and leave her alone. Yeah. Just she is happy doing she's what she's doing. And if they're that concerned about her, maybe they should be helping her deal with the trauma that's led her to want to be in yeah, this place. exactly. And then, you know, she can decide whether she wants to do something else or keep doing yeah. what she's doing. And even once she's dealt with her trauma, she might be like, I'm, yeah. I'm fine and happy. A lot of people are, you know. When you're married and have kids, you lose touch with hobbies and this, that, the yeah. other. And it has to be that you enjoy that enough to give up those things. Otherwise, yeah. people just end up bitter. This next one here is actually from a couple of years ago and I don't know how much you'll have to chat about it, but this is just a really intense story that brings up a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, It's from a user that is Signe Rother and it's a couple of years old now, but it's an interesting story. Yeah. He says... Am I the arsehole for wanting to go to the funeral of a girl that I help get addicted to drugs? I'm 26 and clean from heroin for three years. I was also a piece of shit and used to deal for a while. I managed to get with a beautiful girl named Marcy when I first started getting into the thick of things. She knew who I was but said that she loved me. I will regret this for the rest of my life, but I was the person who shot up Marcy for the first time. After that, there was no stopping her. She stuck around with me, probably because I was her dealer more than anything, but then I got clean and never saw her again for a long time. A year ago, she reached out to me on Facebook and told me that she had been clean for a few months and said that she didn't hate me for what happened and she hoped I was still clean. Last week, I got a call from my sister who told me that she saw on Facebook that Marcy had OD'd and there was a funeral service this upcoming Thursday. I immediately just burst into tears because I hoped that this would never happen and I feel so much guilt over it. I want to go to the funeral service for her, but I'm afraid that my presence would be unwanted. 
At the most, I would just slip in the back, pay my respects and leave. I need to do this for myself. Do I go? Ooh, that's a really interesting one because I feel like he's, yes, he was the person who kind of was the catalyst for everything, but I also feel his take on it is kind of, it's me, it's how I feel, it's how I want to feel. He's not really thinking about the people and the families that had to go through everything and have now lost a loved one uh, through it. And I think that's something, yeah, you can pay your respect and yes, okay, you're trying to do it in a way where you go in and you go out, but what if someone sees you? in that situation what if they see you slip in and slip out you've now made a situation 10 times harder for the family to deal with and I really I just feel like his take on it isn't necessarily thinking about everyone involved it's just for him to try and get over his guilt in this situation yeah I agree it's you know it's one thing to want to pay your respects but there's a lot of ways that you can do that without traumatizing the family it is something that he has done and he is going to have to deal with that guilt at some point in some way probably with a lot of therapy but going to the funeral it's I don't think it's going to have the effect he hopes it does anyway I think he feels that like if he goes pays his respect, some of that guilt is going to be lifted and it's not. Mm. And, you know, they were together for quite some time. There is no way that that family doesn't know that it was him. Yeah. Then there's no way that they're not going to recognise him. It is a funeral. They're not that big as, you know, people think of funerals as these huge things when you see them on TV and movies and things. But funerals are small, intimate occasions. You do get families who don't want big depending on the way that their family member passed away. They don't want the big, massive funerals and and these massive celebrations of life. They want it intimate because of everything they've had to go through. And now, you know, as a family, they might have helped try and, and we don't know the background of it, but we don't know what this family has done or tried to do to save her and then it didn't work out that way for them I think also look at the pattern of history that he seems to tell in his story is that he was the one that introduced her to it he was the one that got clean first he's the one now that he's guilty it just for me it sounds just a very selfish mentality Mm. and I don't think that is the right mentality or personality to be able to go to a funeral because you know it's just it it's that situation of you're not thinking through all the other things that could possibly happen if your presence is there even sending a card might trigger family members yeah and that's like you're paying your respects but there are 
far more other things that you can do you know maybe wait find out where you know if she's got a memorial somewhere or she's got a a graveyard um, a tombstone somewhere and then quietly go off on a day or a special day that you might have had with her and and use that as your time to to show your respect don't go to the funeral I also noticed through the story like obviously it's hard to say because you know people try and keep it succinct for the internet and whatnot but Mm -hmm. Nowhere in there does he say, I loved her so much. Um, I tried to help her get clean when I did, but she wasn't interested. Anything like that. It's very much about him. And it's not even that he's not thinking about the family. He doesn't even seem to be thinking about her exactly also let's give him the benefit of the doubt on that side um and say that you know he just hasn't included all of that in his story etc etc going there and seeing her entire family grieving etc that sounds to me like an experience that would be very risky for his own sobriety yeah so even if he does have the best of intentions which i really doubt it I don't feel like it's a good decision for him. No. So him going isn't good for anyone, yeah. even though he seems to think that it's going to be a great idea for him. Yeah. I think it's just very ill thought through. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much. Um, I don't think I can call him an arsehole because he's asking. Yeah. Which is a good yeah. thing. At least he had the, um, you know, foresight to yeah. at least ask the question. Um, you know, he's definitely not the arsehole for wanting to go. And no. wondering if he could, if he did go, I think especially after That's, asking the question, he would be an arsehole. But for now, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. No arseholes here. It's a terrifically sad situation. Definitely. You know, in the end, it's awful that he did that and got her hooked and this, that, and the other. But there was someone that got him hooked one day as exactly. well. You know, it didn't start with him. He didn't have this great idea for heroin and yeah. be like, I'm going to do this <laughs> thing. I'm going to do this It's today. a cycle that perpetuates itself over and over exactly. and over again. And it's just, it's so sad for everyone involved. This was posted by user Kentucky Snowplow. Interesting. Is there a sex act in Canada? I feel like I've heard that on like How I Met Your Mother or something. Wow, maybe. There's a How I Met Your it Mother episode like where they're trying to say. guess. They're trying to guess what one of the characters did with some famous person, and they have to guess like the famous person, the act, and the instrument that was involved in it. And yeah. they just start going through lists. And I'm pretty sure one of them is wouldn't surprise the me Kentucky Snowplow. <laughs> I'm not brave enough to do that. I don't want to know. I already burnt my eyes on TikTok last night. I was warned not to look at it. Do not look up the Jasmine White 403. If you see one of the ones that comes up, it's like, yeah, point of view, you just watched this. Don't do it. Do not look it up. I was already feeling a little bit unwell after that. It was... Don't do it. Stay away. Stay Absolutely away. not. And, of you. course, I posted a video doing that and <laughs> just flowing in comments of, why? Why am why I like this? Why am I like this? Why did I look? <laughs> okay. User Kentucky Snowplow says, I make $200,000 per year, flex, and my wife doesn't know. Oh, okay. Last year, I took an internal job offer from my employer that doubled my income, and I still haven't told anyone in my family. Her parents don't know. My dad doesn't know. Why would her parents know how much he makes anyway? Yeah. Anyway. Her parents don't know. My dad doesn't know. Nobody knows. And I especially can't tell my wife. 
I can't tell her because she will spend it in a state panic. You see, back in 2020, my wife had a severe mental breakdown brought on from PTSD and other issues that she didn't really realise she had until they were brought to the surface. My wife was diagnosed with BPD, which is borderline personality disorder for those that don't know, anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, I had my suspicions, ADHD, that one we knew about, and other compulsive disorders, and PTSD. She spent six months in an inpatient care specialised facility halfway across the country while I stayed back at home to raise our kid, take care of the animals, the house, the bills, etc. She has always had a bit of a spending problem, but before her breakdown, she maintained a solid career that paid pretty well and could support her habit of spending. I should also mention that her mental health isn't the only change we have experienced in these last few years. Last year, she was also diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Oh, I don't know how I can pronounce this. Um, psoriatic arthritis and lives in a pretty constant state of pain despite our best efforts to have it treated. She also has histoplasmosis of the eye and requires injections every three months to help save her eyesight. Wow. The medications she must take daily have caused her to gain a considerable amount of weight and for the first time in her life she is dealing with acne, which in turn also makes her feel awful about herself. I feel so terrible for her and would not wish what she has faced in such a short amount of time on anybody. My wife was a pageant queen, a Division I athlete, and graduated with honours from major university. She was selfless, compassionate, driven, and she honestly made a difference. Now she spends her day doing basically the same thing over and over and over again. When she is manic, she isn't violent, but she's very unpredictable in her behaviour, especially with online shopping. Since June of last year, she has been over $70,000 of our savings on stuff. Wow. Wow, that's so much. Since she can't quite keep up with what she's bought, I can often return items without her even realising it. She worries about almost everything, but not about spending money. Yes, I have tried without success to address this issue with her, and her team of doctors have tried to help as well. My only solution was to direct half of every check I got from work into an account at another bank that she has no clue exists. When I took her off all of my credit accounts, she didn't leave our bedroom for about two weeks. I hate that I'm doing this, but there is no other way. I deeply, deeply love my wife, but I do not have any regret in securing our finances. I don't spend any of it unless I'm investing some or all of it or a bill needs to be paid. All of the bills have been moved into my name, so she never sees them anyway. She has no idea how well off we are, and I honestly don't think that I can tell her, at least not right now, until we can hopefully get a handle on her issues. I have all the statements and other documents sent to a PO box, and she doesn't care to see my taxes. It's a burden I carry, but I feel it's necessary. Maybe I'm a total piece of shit, but I truly feel like I'm protecting her from herself. Oh my goodness. Wow. What oh. a heavy burden to bear. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like he's doing the right thing. I, I think so too. I think if she has the tendency to spend excessively, if, if it was just, you know, she'd buy this one month and buy that the next month, then yeah, okay. But it's almost like it's an addiction for it's her. It's a compulsion. Yeah. yeah. And I think 
in that aspect if he's trying to you know there's a child involved here as well you know I think if he is doing this I, I think the fact that he if as long as he will tell her when things might be better yeah sure yeah um and you know she might actually be like you know what that was the best thing that you could have done for for us but I think in this stage if she has this Ability is not the right word, but if she's got this, um, I can't even think of the word, like just if she's going to continue to spend and then get sad and and, um, recluse and and become a recluse because she's been taken off credit cards, I think that's definitely, you know, the doctors are trying to help, people are trying to do what's best for her. I think if he's not sure if he's doing the right thing, why not ask the doctors? Am I doing this or is this something that could make it worse down the, the line? This is one that was that's posted in an off-my-chest yeah. um, area, so it's more of like a confession as opposed yeah. to them asking a question. Also, I feel like she has so much that she needs to overcome at yeah. the moment and it's going to be a really hard battle it's almost a kindness to have one battle that she doesn't need to fight yet. Yeah. That's something that is being controlled by external forces mm. so she can focus on these other things. And as those things heal, hopefully the shopping will naturally yeah. get better with that as opposed yeah. to also, you know, there's going to be if he keeps talking to her about yeah. it and spends everything, the guilt factor alone yeah. of what she's done could just push her so much deeper into all these other mental health issues that she has. That's it. Um, and I think I, th- I think also, yes, we're moving away from the idea that you have to be cruel to be kind, but I think in this situation he thinks he's being cruel. I don't necessarily think he is. I think he's, he's looked at what's best for for the future and the fact that he is there by her side through all of this I don't think it's an issue I think there's a time and a place and it's just not the time for that right now and he hasn't even cut her off completely or anything like that he's letting her spend what they can afford to spend I'm sure there's things that he would like to spend the money on a lot more and he's not doing any of that. He's what they can afford to go, to let go on this. Yeah. He, she has, and I mean, you know, it speaks volumes when she's ordering so much that he can return things without yeah. her even noticing. That is a compulsion to purchase as opposed to a compulsion to accrue stuff. Yes. She wants to purchase things. And, you know, we all do it. We online shop. And I love online shopping because I get the buzz when I purchase it yeah. and when it <laughs> when rocks it up at the door. Whereas, you know, you in a brick on. and mortar store, you get that one buzz of when you bought it. Yeah. Um, and then you've already got it. So, you know, we all know that feeling. And I think, you know, as I myself deal with chronic pain on a daily basis, there is that desire to Try and balance it out with something better, whether that be food, shopping, alcohol, all yeah. these other, you know, There's- easy temptations that we see people fall into a lot. You know, people just it, that have, you know, normal everyday lives fall into these things a lot because life is really hard. Yeah. Add chronic pain to it. And I think people really underestimate what it's like to live with something every single day. Yeah. Yeah, you know, even with um, 
the whole COVID debate that we say happen over and over and over again. Outside of all the political stuff, all I could think was I feel like there's so much beautiful, naive privilege in people Mm -hmm. that really underestimate the potential side effects of living with long COVID because it's so hard to know what it feels like to live at, you know, 50% of your best every single day because of something that you can't overcome and I'm so glad that these people don't understand what it's like and I hope for them that they never have to experience that but living with something every single day is just a whole different world that you don't understand until you're in the club unfortunately so you know for him I think she's he's just taking one more burden of what she lives with every single day away from her in a way. I think it is a kindness. Um, If I was in that situation, 100% I would want my husband to do that. Yeah. But it speaks volumes the way he talks about her as well, you know. I'm very lucky that I have a fantastic marriage with a husband that, you know, is kind, is helpful, is reliable, everything that this husband seems to be. So I would trust that he was doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And it seems like he really is. And that's it. And in the moment, she might not understand that. But in hindsight, she will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like he's squirreling money away going, you know, with all of these issues that she has, I don't know that our marriage is going to last. Yeah. I need to protect myself for the future. Yeah. Whether or, or not that would, what the opinions on, on that would be a thing, but that would be a whole different yeah. thing. He's just putting it aside so that she can't just spend it on everything. And yeah. before you know, they'd be on an episode of Hoarders. Yeah, exactly. Which is a exactly. new thing that they don't need to deal yeah. with either. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wow, what a burden, but um, it's very interesting that he shared that. There is some updates that he's put in the comments. Um, He said there's a lot to unpack, so he's just going to clarify a few Mm. bits and pieces. He says she's not violent or abusive verbally or physically to to myself or our child. She saves the abuse for herself. Yeah. When I say she does the same thing mostly every day, I primarily mean by cleaning, reorganizing, hygiene rituals, etc. Yeah. The bills aren't hidden, and besides our car payments, we don't have any other large bills that would raise a flag. Our home is paid off. She's still, in her best capacity, still very good to me, and even on her worst days, manages to show me love through her severe struggles to show it to herself. She mentions that I shouldn't be putting myself through this over her, I deserve better, etc. When she's manic, she's very task-driven. Items such as repainting the entire interior of our house, or at least most of it every six months or so, or completely remodelling one of the bathrooms in our house three times in one year when I refuse to do it, and she taught herself how to use the tools to complete the projects. Once she completes these things, when the manic becomes depressive and she loses purpose. Mm -hmm. She willfully gave up her access to our savings after her doctors intervened in that behaviour, but she does have access to our joint checking account. Because of her current state, she is unable to work, but that doesn't mean she can't in the future. We have been married for 10 years before these issues began taking place. So it sounds like they really do have a genuinely loving relationship. Yeah. And the fact that it is something that is so heavily weighing on On him him. just shows that he really loves her and is struggling with having to do something. Exactly. That, you know, usually would scream to him, I'm taking from her, this is control, this, that, and the other. Or I'm taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he is so concerned about what he's done just shows that he's doing it for the right reasons and that he is a really good person. Well, that one wraps up part one. Thank you so much for listening. 
Did you love this episode as much as we loved making it for you? Please take the time to go and rate it five stars wherever you happen to be listening and share it with your friends and family so that we can keep producing extra content. 